Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on Believe, the place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. This is Believe. Every team, every topic, everywhere. I'm your host, Nara Wang, and in episode 92, there's no guest. The Trojans play has so turned off people that they don't even want to talk about them anymore. I'm just joking. Some scheduling conflicts and illnesses prevented a couple of people from being available, so it's left to me to give you the state of USC football through nine games. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, TuneIn, and so many more, or go right to the website at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Network. For me, I am on X, or as I'm calling it, the artist formerly known as Twitter, at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. So catch up with me there about everything I'm posting on USC and all sports in general. And the Everything USC podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, which is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. The last of the major pro sports leagues is often rolling and college basketball is ready to go as well. All the hoops betting action along with every sport Available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. With NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL all in full swing, Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. With the gauntlet that the Trojans were facing over the last six games of the regular season, the final weekender trip up to Northern California for a while to face the Cal Golden Bears was supposed to be the palate cleanser for USC. However, we should have known there would be craziness when kickoff for the game was delayed due to protesters sitting on the Cal logo at the 50-yard line. The matchup in Berkeley turned out to be yet another roller coaster of a game for the men of Troy as they barely survived in a 50 49 win that required Jalen Smith to knock away a two point conversion pass intended for Brian Hightower in the final minute of the game to secure victory. USC outgained by Cal in total offense. The Trojans had 497 yards while the Golden Bears racked up a big day for them, especially because they're not used to scoring a lot. They're not used to gaining a lot of yards in comparison to what USC normally does. Cal going for 527 yards, six and a half yards per play against the Trojans. D, Caleb Williams bounced back from some tough games his previous few outings. He went 23 of 40. 369 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, was still sacked four times again in this one and fumbled twice, losing one of them on a strip sack. Marshawn Lloyd, I've been asking 
for him to get the ball more, and he did 17 carries, 115 yards, two touchdowns. He did have another fumble, although this time it was not lost, and he added three catches for 72 yards. The leading receiver, Taj Washington, five catches, 102 yards. Backup running back, Austin Jones, adding two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving. And that USC defense, no sacks, had one interception, three fumble recoveries. One was on special teams on a punt return by Cal. And Mason Cobb, again, leading the Trojans with 15 tackles, two of them for loss. Bryson Shaw, along with Jalen Smith, having 10 tackles each. Probably the best defender in the game, though, was Eric Gentry, the linebacker with six tackles, one for loss. He forced the fumble, had the interception, and two pass breakups. But again, yet another former third-string quarterback making a mockery, it seems, of the USC defense as Fernando Mendoza, the redshirt freshman for Cal, 25 of 39, 292 yards, two touchdowns, threw the pick to Gentry, but he was also good on the ground, eight carries, 48 yards, two touchdowns. He did lose a fumble in the game. Cal running back, Jaden Ott, we knew he was good, 21 carries, 153 yards, three touchdowns that he scored on three straight drives for Cal, and as he got lucky, he left in the fourth quarter with an injury, and Cal was playing its third and fourth string backs late in that game. That might have helped lead to USC being able to come back. Wide receiver Jeremiah Hunter for the Golden Bears had eight catches, 96 yards, but he did have that costly fumbled punt return for Cal. Some of the guys who did well for them on defense, safety Craig Woodson led the team with 12 tackles, half a tackle for loss, forced a fumble. The other safety, Patrick McMorris, Eight tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, two pass breakups, quarterback hurry. McMorris was everywhere in that game. Inside linebacker Cade Uluwave, 10 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, two pass breakups. So USC remains 24th in the AP poll and 22nd in the coaches poll. And somehow in the first college football playoff ranking is ranked 20th. Interesting that they see SC as being better than what the coaches and media have them. And I posted on X, aka Twitter, during the game that for fans watching the Trojans, each game is like an exercise in anger management. It's tough to watch when you just see the same mistakes over and over. You see big plays being made by the other team's offense. You see USC committing bad penalties and too many penalties. Again, over double-digit penalties in this one for USC. And it's just difficult to watch at times and frustrating to watch for fans, alums, anyone involved with a vested interest in USC. So what do the Trojans have to do to finish this season strong? I think the biggest thing is they need to get some consistency in both the offense and the defense. They need to run the ball more, or at least as much as they did against Cal, really establish the run, try and get Marshawn Lloyd going. I know he's had a couple of fumble problems the last couple of weeks, but if he can secure the ball, he's just so dynamic out into open space. And I think Caleb Williams has to 
be a little bit more like what he did against Cal. Sometimes just taking the safer option, not always trying to go for the big play. Zachariah Branch was not much of a factor against Cal. I definitely think that the true freshman needs to be more involved on the offense, especially if teams are going to stop kicking the ball his way on kickoffs and punts, which they should never do, obviously, but that's where he's made a lot of his bones as a true freshman. So if they're not going to kick the ball to him, I think SC needs to find a way to get him more involved in the offense. And then on the opposite side of the ball, they just got to make tackles. They just got to not let the other team make so many big plays. That's been killing USC for not just this season, but the last couple of seasons. Obviously, it predates Lincoln Riley and his staff coming over. So that's what I see as what the Trojans have to do if they want to get through these next three regular season games, all against ranked opponents. And again, I put out there on X the Grinch gripe scale poll, which is taking the pulse of how SC fans feel about the USC defense. And it's based on the Dr. Seuss classic, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So there's three categories to vote. Stealing Christmas, if you feel the SC defense is not living up to standards. Chilling in the cave, if you're kind of neutral about them. And feasting with the Who's, if you think they're doing a good job. And the results from this past week after the Cal game, 100% of the votes coming in for stealing Christmas. So not a lot of people happy with the SC defense after giving up 49 points to Cal and having to survive a two-point conversion in the last minute of the fourth quarter to get the win. So that's a recap on how SC survived up in Berkeley in Strawberry Canyon against the Cal Golden Bears. This is the Everything USC podcast on Believe. I'm your host, Nara Wang. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you listen to your podcasts or go directly to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. On social media, at Believe Network. For me, I'm on X or Twitter or whatever you'd like to call it, at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Hello, everybody. This is Petros Papadakis, and you're listening to the Believe Network and the Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang. Fight on. Now it's time to preview the game on Saturday against the Washington Huskies, who come in ranked number five in the country in all polls and in the college football playoff rankings. The game Saturday afternoon, evening, starts at 4.30 p.m. Pacific on ABC and also on the Trojan Radio Network flagship station, KABC 790 AM. The Huskies undefeated at 8-0 this season, 5-0 in the Pac-12. Their head coach, one of the good ones in the country, Kalen DeBoer, his second season at UW, 19-2 with 15 straight wins. He's 31-8 and overall as an FBS head coach, including his two seasons at Fresno State before moving up to Seattle. USC does lead the all-time series against the Huskies. 52 wins, 30 losses, and four ties. One of those wins is technically vacated. The Trojans celebrating their 100th homecoming weekend with a sold-out game at the Coliseum for this one. 
but they haven't played the Huskies in a while. The last game back in 2019, a 28-14 loss up in Seattle. It's been so long. The starting quarterback for USC in that one was Matt Fink, who was replacing an injured Keaton Slovis for that game. The last game at the Coliseum between these two squads was way back in 2015, a 17-12 USC loss. Steve Sarkeesian was the Trojans coach that day, facing the Huskies for the first time since he left the University of Washington for USC. Some of the notable players for the Huskies on offense, obviously Heisman candidate, maybe the leading Heisman candidate, six-year senior quarterback Michael Penix Jr., completing 69% of his passes this year, 2,945 yards, 24 touchdowns, six interceptions. He leads the FBS in pass yards. Caleb Williams is number two to him in that category. And he's third in the nation in touchdown passes, one behind Williams and Jaden Daniels of LSU, who are tied with 25 at the top of the list. Penix has four of the top five single-game passing yard marks in UW history in just 21 games played since he transferred from Indiana. He has a good receiving core to throw it to, led by fourth-year junior wide receiver Rome Odunze, the Bishop Gorman High School grad out of Las Vegas, 51 catches, 907 yards, seven touchdowns, leading the team in all those categories. In his only carry of the season against Tulsa, he had a 14-yard TD run and also has an 83-yard punt return touchdown against Cal this season. He was named to the AP's first-team midseason All-America list. His counterpart, fourth-year sophomore wide receiver Jalen Polk, 46 receptions, 836 yards, also has seven touchdowns. He also had a touchdown run against Tulsa, 27-yarder in that game. He transferred back in 2020 after one season at Texas Tech. The leading rusher for the Huskies, fourth-year junior running back Dylan Johnson, transferred after playing three seasons at Mississippi State, 87 carries, 430 yards, six touchdowns, and has also added 13 catches for 96 yards. So the question is, how is the Trojans defense not going to just get completely destroyed by this high-powered Husky offense and that's a really good question I just don't see how the Huskies aren't going to pile up points against an SC defense that has a hard time stopping the likes of Fernando Mendoza and Bryson Barnes I'm not sure how they're going to stop Michael Penix Jr. the receiving core is great Dylan Johnson hasn't had to do too much but Obviously, SC has given up big runs throughout the season, so this is going to be a huge matchup to see if USC's defense can hang in any sort of way with the best offense that they're facing so far this season and maybe the best offense they will face all season. So how is SC going to counter that? Well, SC's got to do what they do on offense. So who's going to try and defend Against the Trojans, some of the notable guys on the Huskies D. Six-year senior linebacker, Edafuan Yulafoshio. He has 57 tackles, leading the team. Three and a half of those for loss, two of them being sacks. 
had a 45-yard interception return for a touchdown against Cal. Also a pass breakup and a forced fumble this season. The leading sack guy with two and a half is the fifth-year junior edge player, Braylon Trice. He has 24 tackles, three and a half for loss, and six quarterback hurries. Also leading the team in that category. The fifth-year junior, what they call Husky defensive back, Mishael Powell, has 20 tackles, one and a half for loss, two interceptions. One of them was the 89-yard pick six to save the Huskies against Arizona State a couple weeks ago. And he's got six pass breakups this season. And a familiar name for USC fans, the grad transfer linebacker Raylan Goforth, who transferred this spring after playing four seasons for the Trojans. He has 27 tackles, two for loss, and two pass breakups for UW this season. So on the flip side, it's can the Washington defense handle USC's offense? Washington's D has been solid, but not great. And you'd like to think that Caleb Williams and company can take it to this Huskies D because that might be the only shot for USC to win is to get this game high scoring, shoot out, and make just enough stops or big plays, get takeaways, do something on special teams, something that can stem the tide and give the Huskies their first loss of the season and maybe ruin the Pac-12's chances for getting a team into the college football playoff. That would be so very Pac-12. So let's get to the predictions. I'll recap what happened last week when I had Roxy Bernstein, play-by-play broadcaster for Pac-12 Network and ESPN on the show, the Cal alum as well. And in the players that we believe in, I took wide receiver Brendan Rice for the first time all season after my guests had taken him a bunch. And he had the two catches, 33 yards and a touchdown. Roxy took Marshawn Lloyd. So Lloyd with the 187 total yards and two touchdowns gets the win for Roxy in that category. In the game score, we both went with USC. I said 38-27 right on the... 11 point spread that Bet Online had when we recorded the show. Roxy had SC covering 35 21, so we both got it wrong with SC only winning by one. And then in the prop bet, Nara's no doubter. I said that USC would have at least three sacks of Mendoza in the game. They had none. And Roxy's 450 burger, named because he said that. Essie would bounce back with 450 plus yards of total offense. He was correct with the 497. So Roxy beat me two to nothing on the week, which means the standings for the season now. I still lead to guess, but it's tight. I have 10 wins against eight losses and two ties. And so this week, obviously, I'm going to make some predictions for you, but they won't count toward the season standings without a guest. So the player that I believe in for this week against Washington is Taj Washington. I'm going to take the leading receiver for the Trojans to have a big game. He's been Caleb Williams' favorite target and most reliable target all season long. So I'm going with Taj Washington as the player I believe in. For the game score, as I record this, USC is a two and a half point underdog at home against the number five ranked Washington Huskies. So I'm picking Washington to cover. I think they're going to win 45-34. 
against SC. I just don't think SC can make enough stops. So I'm going with UW to get the win, covering the two and a half points. And also the over, the over is at 76. And so I've got 79 total points in that game. So there's your bonus bet there. And then in the prop bet, Nara's no doubter this week is that USC will allow at least three plays of 20-plus yards to the Huskies. That is something that has been a problem for SC, as I mentioned earlier, and I think that's going to be a big reason why the Huskies win. They're going to get some big plays against the Trojans, whether it's defense or special teams. So that's NARS, no doubter. USC allowing three-plus plays of 20-plus yards in the game. I hope I'm going to be wrong on these predictions, but that's up to SC to try and make me look bad. And again, this is the Everything USC podcast on Believe. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can go to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com on social media at Believe Network. For me, I'm on X or Twitter at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A. W-E-N-G Sports. Hi, this is Lope Patupu, former All-Pro linebacker with the Seattle Seahawks and two-time national champion at USC. And you're listening to the Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang on the Believe Network. So for the final segment, I figured I'd give you my thoughts on the first college football playoff rankings for 2023. Top 10, number one, Ohio State, number two, Georgia. Michigan 3, Florida State at 4, the two Pac-12 leaders, Washington and Oregon at 5 and 6, Texas at 7, Alabama 8, Oklahoma 9th, and Mississippi at number 10. The other Pac-12 schools in the rankings, Oregon State comes in at 16, the Utes go at number 18, followed by UCLA 19, and the Trojans at number 20. So while I do not think that Ohio State is the best team in the country, I can see how the committee would put them at number one based on their resume, based on the schedule that they've played so far in comparison to Georgia and Michigan and Florida State. So I can understand why. They are ranked number one. I do not believe, however, that they are the best team in the country. I think Georgia has been playing well, but without Brock Bowers for probably the rest of the regular season, we're going to see how they can do there with a big game against Missouri as well on this weekend. And Michigan dealing with the sign-stealing scandal. They fired the analysts, Connor Stallions. So a lot of things to deal with up in Ann Arbor. And then Florida State playing in the ACC, kind of under the radar. And they can look really good. And then at times they can look rather average. But they keep winning games. So you got to put them up where they are. And then the Pac-12 schools, I think Washington has a case to maybe be disappointed that they're not listed in the top four but as long as they keep winning games I think they'll be fine Oregon as well if those two teams are in a collision course in the Pac-12 championship I think there's a decent chance the winner of that game will make the playoff again if Washington wins out it makes it really simple undefeated Washington team is going to get into the playoff I think when you look at 
USC being ranked 20th. Obviously, there's very slim possibility that they're moving up into a top four situation with two losses on the season. So they're not making the playoff, but it is a little bit surprising to see the Trojans ranked at 20th based on how they've played. But again, you look at the strength of schedule, I think that helped out the Pac-12 having so many teams in the top 20, obviously six of the top 20 in the college football playoff rankings coming from the Pac-12 conference. So that's where that comes in to play. And again, these are the first rankings. People just need something to talk about, but we'll see how they hold out. Obviously, Ohio State and Michigan are going to play each other later this season. And we're going to see if Georgia can get through a softer SEC schedule this season. And Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, all hanging out there in the top 10. But they need help. They need to keep winning. And they need people in front of them to lose. So those are my thoughts on the rankings in the first installment in 2023 for the college football playoff. So that's all for this show. I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining me for episode 92 of the Everything USC podcast presented by Bet Online on Believe, the place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. This is Believe. Every team, every topic, everywhere. And as always, I remind all of you at the end of every show to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.